You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? How's in the life? Um, hoping for a big thunderstorm, but I think we're going to miss it. Uh-huh. You know, there was a storm that happened here last night. Just as we finished up, it hit. So much so that end of the world was actually trending on Twitter over here. That's how bad it Sounds was. Sounds like a fun storm. Yeah. Well, I had to jump anyway because a couple of reasons. One, my uh, my set got knocked down behind me. That was the first thing. Next thing, I look outside and there's lightning hitting all around. So thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment and all the rest of it. I, I'm not yeah. risking it. Sorry. I'm, I'm just not doing it. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, I had to, had to tuck tail and run. But uh, anyway... You know, I've, I've learned today how much I hate swimming pools, how much I hate them. One sliced finger and uh, a, a whole lot of chlorine, a whole lot of uh, acid-like chemicals. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a mess. Uh, you know something? I I think I'm just going to hire a guy next year and say, just come on in and just take care of all of it. I, I spend more time doing like temperature checks and it's almost like a patient. <laughs> I, I feel like a, I feel mm-hmm. like a doctor. You do, you're doing like mm-hmm. water temperature checks. You're doing uh, chemical tests and pH checks, and you're cleaning this and you're skimming that. And when do you ever have to wh- like? Wh- when are you supposed to enjoy these things? I mean, I always enjoyed them when I went to somebody else's place, but I guess that's why I went to somebody else's place to enjoy them. Well, usually the first initial getting it set up is the hardest part and then after that maintaining it is a lot easier so in, in my experience so um, the, the initial woes once that's done with you you should be able to enjoy it see it's the opposite to that for me setting it up was the easiest part this is like i'm doing more work maintaining this thing than i did setting it up you still are in the the initial setup phase though getting everything how long is that like, supposed to last is like is there a time time limit on it or something uh, depends. I'm, I'm guessing a few weeks. It's just a matter of getting that initial setup, pH balance, the, uh, chlorine balance, you know, all that. Uh-huh. Once you get that done, it should be, it should be fairly, oh, as I long as you're bucks. not adding more water to it and, and yeah. having evaporation and that sort of thing, it should be fairly. Well, I only added water once, uh, because we had fair, fair amount of evaporation, but, uh, I had, I mean, we're talking like, you know, but like an inch, I mean, that's, that's about all. But, uh, but when I mean, you're talking about a large pool, that's that's quite a bit of water. Well, I mean, it was. I don't even think it was a whole inch. Anyway, what a pain! What an absolute pain! But hopefully, it'll it'll pan out. You know, got some new stuff coming in. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. That got buckets and buckets and more buckets and more buckets of chemicals and and all the rest of it. What an absolute pain! I think I'm just gonna get one of those little uh, cleaners that just drives along the bottom and sweeps. Have mm-hmm. you seen those? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I should yeah, just yeah. get one of those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you get one of those and do it every every so often. Yeah, we we had some of those as well. No, I just leave it in there. Just leave it in there all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just it, whenever it whenever it needs clean, I'll just turn him on. You know, and just let him go. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I, I don't think feasibly you can do that because of the way it hooks up to your system. But yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But anyway, all right. I suppose let's uh, let's let's go ahead and get right into it today. New York City mayor elections are coming up, and uh, there's a Democratic mayoral primary. They say that it might take weeks before they figure out who the winner is going to be. It might take weeks. There's 13 hmm. candidates on the ballot and a ranked choice election, uh, but the results won't be as quickly as you want them to be. No, no, no. It won't be you go to the polling station, you vote, and then the next morning you see who won or that night you see who won. No, it's not going to be like that. This could this could drag on and, and just take weeks. Uh, I'm not quite sure uh, why, but maybe it's got something to do with restrictions. I, I don't know. But um, it's COVID. Uh, it could be. It could be. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, they say that if no candidate tops 50 percent, which is extremely unlikely considering the uh, the crowded field with 13 people, I doubt very seriously you're going to get one person that tops 50 percent. The ranked choice voting kicks in with ensuing rounds, eliminating those with the least amount of votes. So the votes of those candidates eliminated are reallocated to the remaining candidates. Uh, okay, because that's apparently who you didn't vote for is now going to get your vote. That makes that makes sense. The process continues well, until a candidate reaches 50% of the vote. Who comes up with this stuff? This can only be a Democrat uh, election process of, of how they come up with this stuff. So I'm uh, all right. So the the rank system, I'm actually I'm I'm curious on. I'm I'm going to be watching. Uh, the the problem is is I I, I don't trust the the uh, the counting methods that they use. But the rank system is actually an interesting idea because it it, it for example, let's say there's ten candidates mm-hmm. uh, on the ballot. You would rank those ten candidates based on uh, how you liked them, right? So uh-huh. you would put at the top. You would put your favorite candidate and then down the list. So if your favorite candidate doesn't make it and gets eliminated, well, then it would go to the next one on the list and that's where your vote would go. Okay. And then right. so on and so forth. So as they get eliminated, your vote would shift to the next one on your I list. I got you. Okay. So all right, it's, all right. it's, it's, I was, it's an interesting I was, idea. All right. I wasn't understanding it quite in that manner. So yeah. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. But still, um, this, this is how we're, this is how we're going to do it. I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, if you, can we just get rid of de Blasio? Can we just get rid of de Blasio? I mean, do we have to go through all this? Can can we just not recall him and have him thrown out by like tomorrow or or yesterday? Can, Can we not just do that? The thing that really gets me about all this is that you've got a crime rate in New York that is through the roof. I mean, it is through there. You and I just watched surveillance footage of three people just walking down the street in the evening, just walking down the street in front of a house with a white picket fence, of all things, in the Bronx. And all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, they just open up. Uh, they, they just decide to start shooting, getting in a gunfight uh, with some people across the street. That's what's going on in New York. And and you're going to sit here and you're going to go round and round and you're going to play patty cake about who the next mayor is going to be? Just get it done. Just get it done. You know, I, I hate to take a line here from... Uh, well, what was supposed to be the great Boris Johnson, uh, who's turned out to be an absolute disgrace, but get it done. Stop dilly-dallying around with this nonsense. Maybe the New Yorkers like this. I I don't know. Maybe they like it. But, I mean, for God's sake, the city's going down in flames. I I mean, I'm all for the democratically elective process and all that stuff, and and however you want to do it locally, okay, fine, you know, whatever works for you. I'm all for it. But we don't have the time to be dilly-dallying around anymore. We've been sitting around going through this... Uh, you know, dog and pony show with politics for long enough. And it's gotten us into this position where society is now spiraling out of control. So let's get the lead out. 
to use a, uh, a Midwestern analogy there. Let's get the horse out of the barn door here and, and let's get moving. So pick somebody and, and pick, pick a good one. Is Heshi Tischler on the ballot? Uh, let's see. I saw him on a podcast about six months ago, and he said that he was going to at that time, he's, uh, he was considering a run for in, uh, New York City mayor. Uh, and I really liked what he had to say. And it's entirely possible. I think he was from Brooklyn, I think. I think. I'm not sure. Let's see if I can find a list of them. Let's see, we got Andrew Yang, blah, blah, blah. Catherine Garcia, Scott Stringer, Dan Morals, Eric Adams, uh, Maya Wiley, Sean Donovan, Ray McGuire. And that's all they list. Now, I find this rather interesting. Uh, the last time that they had mayoral elections up there, 2017, Mayor de Blasio was uh, reelected. I'm not quite sure how that happened. They make a specific point about this. Uh, absentee ballots accounted for only two and a half percent of the overall vote. But this time, this time, there was a surge in the number of people voting by absentee ballots. They accounted for say. yeah, they accounted for thirty eight percent of the votes cast in last June's primary and twenty two percent of the electorate in November's general election. Oh, that's quite huh. a significant jump. Well, it's it's COVID, you see. Uh, that, that, that's, right. I mean, you can point everything back to COVID. That, yeah. I'm looking at the uh, tweet here from the New York City Board of Elections. They put out the following. With the introduction of a ranked choice voting system, your ballot for the New York City primary election will look a little different. Most Democratic voters will have a two-page ballot. And then, of course, they put up a nice little video there for you to watch, and, and it'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that uh, this is going to take, as they say, it's going to take weeks before they figure out who the... Uh, I don't even know if it's the actual it's, it's not even the winner is it? it's just the primary. So it's just to find out who's going to be on the ballot in the midterms. Right. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, um, actually, uh, I was personally hoping for an Andrew Yang because I want to see a local try to do uh, universal basic income. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's entirely possible that they could put an Andrew Yang in that position because he was on the presidential ticket. Uh, well, the primary ticket, but then, of course, you know he he didn't have the uh, the percentage there, so he he dropped out. But if the Democrat Party said, if you dr in the early days, I'm just I'm just wargaming here because this is how politics works in America. If the party said, look, we'll carry your agenda, but if you drop out, we'll back you for New York City mayor if you make a run on it in 2022. It's possible, maybe. Right now, it's a bit, I mean, it's early, but um, he's not doing well in the polls. Uh, Is he think. not? I think it's... But his agenda... Yeah, I think it's... His his agenda of uh, UBI. That's, that's a good question. That's that's what I'm... That, that's that right there, because that's a... That's a key point in the Great Reset is a universal basic income. You have got to have a universal basic income in that system. And as far as I can tell... I don't see any other uh, politicians outside of Washington other than Yang championing that idea, except for Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, I'm just interested in seeing it fail. Or, or excuse me, I, I just want to see it. Well, the places tested. they've tried it, it has failed. That's that's yeah. the uh, that's the thing about it is was like, well, uh, we're going to do it again because we have to try. OK, well, what are you going to try this time? What, what's so different about this time? What you weren't you weren't doing it that time. So, OK. All right. Uh, anyway, New York, I wish you all the luck in the world. But, man, we got to turn that state around up there. Infrastructure. Infrastructure is very important, isn't it? It's extremely important in this day and age, especially if you're working towards a, a Green New Deal. 
and uh, millions and millions of uh, high wage jobs that are going to be created out of what none of these people in government have explained. But the feds are in the process of possibly sending $78 billion in the Surface Transportation Investment Act of 2021. $78 billion will go to Amtrak for the Northeast Corridor. That includes New York. Yeah. See, they're trying to sure up that uh, that beltway there is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that you've got the trains from New York and Connecticut and New Hampshire and Vermont and Delaware and Baltimore and D.C. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to make sure that you have all of those. So you can just operate from the uh, the Northeast Corridor there. You don't have to worry about those... Um, barefoot peasants like ourselves that come from uh, flyover country. You know, you, you don't have to worry about us. As long as you've got the beltway transportation secure, that's fine. No, don't worry about the infrastructure in middle America. You know, the, the part of the country that actually produces, and when I say produces, I mean, we manufacture things, we grow your food, those types of things. We, we produce, we, we produce your oil for all of these things. We produce your power so you can operate these trains. We're the producers. We're the ones that do the labor so people like you and the political class that live in that beltway can exist. You know, I, I kind of I kind of get snarled at when I talk to people in like Boston or D.C. or New York or something like that. And you know, well-meaning people they may be, but they just don't quite get it because they've never actually left those areas. They've never come out to middle America. They've never gone across country. They don't know. They don't know. They live in those bubbles. You know, the New York and California bubbles. That's where they live. GP will tell you that. Of course, I think he still has a pulse. I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have to check in on him. We have to locate his GPS tracker chip. I haven't. I uh, checked it the other day, and it, it's still not working. It's not working. Maybe he has. Mm. Maybe maybe he didn't make it. He he went out on that project, on that research project. Maybe he just didn't make it. Well, he did say that it was uh it it was not working uh back in what was it May maybe mm -hmm. uh anyway so there hasn't been anything on the tracker since then. Okay, All right. uh, I'll just call. Him. We talked to him a couple days after that. Yeah, I'll just call him then. But anyway, I, I always get snarled at by people that, that live in these bubbles. And I say, you're like bookends on the end of a shelf. That's all you are. It's not what you see on either end. It's in the middle is what counts. We're the producers that allow people that are on either end of the country to exist. And they just don't get it. They just don't get it. $78 billion to Amtrak to build the Northeast Corridor. Amtrak is a failing nightmare to begin with. We haven't updated the rail beds in America since the 50s. We can't run the trains past, in some cases, I don't think you can go above 35 miles an hour because it's too loud, it's uncomfortable, it's inefficient, it's overpriced, it's a mess, and it's run by the U.S. government. That's all you need to know. So we need to throw more money at it. Gotcha. Yeah, throw more money at it, yeah. So the federal government could allocate nearly, okay, I'm sorry, $78 billion is the total infrastructure plan. I made the mistake. They could allocate nearly $6.6 billion in grants to Amtrak over the next five years. And that's for the uh, <clears throat> activities associated with the Northeast Corridor. Yeah. Uh, how about you let the states pay for that? Because they seem to be doing so well. Those are the states that have been closed, by the way. They're still closed. They don't have any money coming in. So let them float the bill for a little while. All right, you're closed. You're doing so well. You're beating that pandemic back. Okay, take on the infrastructure. Sorry, the, the U.S. Well, sorry, we, we don't have any money. The government, we don't have any money. They actually don't have any money. The money included in the $78 billion Surface Transportation Investment Act of 2021, the bill, which the Senate Committee on Commerce advanced this week, allocates $36 billion for rail projects. 
Yeah, high-speed rail, yeah? Got to get that high-speed rail. High-speed rail to nowhere. Including $25 billion over five years for intercity passenger rail. $25 billion over five years for intercity passenger rail. That's that high-speed rail right there. See, they have high-speed rail where I am. It's called ICE. It stands for Intercity Express. It's a fast train. I've been on it. It's actually really nice. It's comfortable. They got dining cars, Wi-Fi, sleeping cars, all the rest of it. It's really nice. But see, there's a difference. There's a difference. You can't just lay down infrastructure, whether that's a road, a bridge, rail beds, waterways, whatever. You can't just lay down infrastructure and then and not do upkeep. You can't do that. You have to maintain the infrastructure. Do you know how often they're working on the rail beds over here in Europe? Do you know how often they're doing that? Every single day they're doing it. They're building new lines. They're tearing out old beds. They're putting in new concrete ties, concrete ties, not wooden ties like the Americans have, concrete ties. They also have the electric system, you know, the little arch on top, you know, that thing that bounces. Mm -hmm. They also have Mm -hmm. that to make sure that those things are powered. So my point is, is that the Europeans have this infrastructure in place. We used to have that infrastructure in place. We started to we were following along the European style of train and, and all the rest of it. Used to be able to take streetcars in my hometown. Used to be able to take trains from one town to the next in my hometown. Not by the time I was born. By the time I was born, there were no streetcars. They still had the lines in the streets. I remember seeing them as a kid. Used to be able to take passenger trains. We used to have a train station. Of course, it was turned into a museum after I was born. I remember going to it as a kid. They had passenger cars. Hell, there's still passenger cars there on display. You can go and look. Yeah. Place I used to live, it was uh, a restaurant. My point. See, we used to have this infrastructure, but after the 50s, we abandoned that and we built everything around the automobile. We had that boom because we decided, well, we defeated fascism. Uh, we're not going to be left alone. Instead, we went into the Cold War. But nonetheless, we had that economic boom. We had that expansion time period after the Second World War. It only lasted for about 20 years. That's really about all the longer it lasted. Notice that the U.S. has been in a steady state of decline since about the 80s. It's been in a state of decline. We started to decline prior to the 80s. We actually started to decline right around uh, 1975, 1976, somewhere along in there. That's when it started to go. And we've never actually recovered from that. Instead, we've been, well, in a sense, we've been rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic is all we've been doing. We don't have the infrastructure available to adapt this system that they're talking about. They don't have this. The the Americans, we don't have that in place. And they're saying, okay, well, we're going to build it. Name me a single person in any of these government agencies that is intelligent enough to put fuel in their own vehicles. They're going to build an entire infrastructure. They're going to come up with a plan for an entire infrastructure for a state, for a nation. These people don't even shop for their own groceries. Last year, In a letter to lawmakers, Amtrak's president said the railroad needed more than $1.7 billion in federal tax dollars for the corridor. This week, an Amtrak spokesman did not provide the details about how the rail system might use the $6.6 billion for the Northeast Corridor, which runs Boston to Washington. Hold on a minute. You say that you need more than $1.7 billion in federal tax dollars for the corridor. You said that last year. But yet you said just the other day that you can't provide details about how the rail system might use $6.6 billion. They're giving you five times more than what you asked for. It's it's almost like to know you needed that amount of money to begin with. It's almost like you had to have some kind of paperwork or report or calculation to figure 
repairs or some, you know, it's almost like you would have some kind of idea instead of just pulling a number out your ass. A spokesman uh, for Amtrak said Amtrak looks forward to working with both the House and the Senate to address the issues most critical to the future of inner city passenger rail. Reliable and robust investment in the improvement of our infrastructure, fleet and stations and the expansion of the networks uh, of the network to serve more of America with faster, better service. I couldn't have put together a better line from a PR campaign than that. That is complete hogwash. That is nothing but BS. That's hot air. They have no plan whatsoever to build that type of infrastructure. None. If they had any interest in wanting to build or even maintain that kind of infrastructure, we wouldn't have abandoned it in the first place. We would have kept with it. We would have adapted. And we would have had the type of transportation system that you see across all of these places that they always talk about. Well, Europe's got this. Europe's got that. That's because they built their systems off of more than just the automobile. We didn't. You know, you you people that live in the cities, they, they just don't get it. Again, this is another part that they don't get. You don't need a car in the cities. You, you don't need that. If you get out in rural America, if you get out in the Midwest and you don't have a car, you're not getting food. It's that simple. It might take you 20 minutes by car to get to the nearest supermarket. This is the, the disconnect is is it's un it's unfathomable the disconnect of this political class to the average working family in the Midwest. It, it's just it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the disconnect. We had to uh, growing up uh, the small town I lived in. It was a thirty minute ride every week to the grocery store. Thirty one minutes way. one way. Yeah, it was an all day trek. I mean, pretty much you, you would get home sometime in the <laughs> afternoon. It, you better get it now because you're not coming back to get it if you forget it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that disconnect that like if we didn't have a vehicle to go there and and not only uh, get no us buses. there, but also there's no, uh, you know, there's no street cars. Oh, no. there, there's no, no, there's no nothing. Yeah. I mean, there 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 is buses in the town that we went to. But that was for college stuff. That was to get to the college, not for getting around the city. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Infrastructure. Yeah. Keep it. Let's get into this. Police slap a felony charge. Think about this. A felony charge on a guy who decided to to do a burnout on a rainbow painted street. Uh, So he, yeah, it was an LGBT themed intersection. He pulls, I've watched the video. The guy pulls up and is that a Trump flag he's got on the back of his truck? Is that what that is? I think it was, yeah, like a okay. Trump flag or a MAGA flag or something, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He pulls up to this to this intersection and he just he just lays on the throttle, right? And he just spins his tires, leaves these black marks all the way through it. Guy gets charged with a felony, a felony for that. So what are the details of it? While participating in a birthday celebration for former President Donald Trump last Monday, 20-year-old Alexander Jarich allegedly did a burnout with his truck on a newly painted Rainbow Street. Uh, Now, this is according to a local affiliate down there. The incident happened in Delray Beach, Florida. And the video of the incident shows Jarich driving a white Chevy truck doing a burnout across the painted street. Uh, there's a blue, tr- yep, Trump flag. There's a blue Trump flag b- uh, flying on the back of his truck. According to the arrest report, a witness came forward on Wednesday and said he had attended the Trump birthday rally on Monday evening. I think that was probably one of the boat parades that they did. 
I'm guessing. That's, I mean, they like to do those down there for me. Uh, the witness yeah. said he was two vehicles ahead of Jarek's truck, and he heard someone shout to Jarek, tear up that gay intersection. The witness added that Jarek had a blue Trump flag leaning off the tailgate of his Chevy, and he turned himself into the uh, Palm Beach uh, County Jail, uh, or excuse me, he turned himself into the police, and he was booked in the Palm Beach County Jail. Uh, they charged him with criminal mischief over $1,000, reckless driving, and evidence of prejudice which elevates the crime to a third-degree felony. He was later released on $1,000 bond. Are you serious about this? I mean, th- this is a felony? A felony for this? That That is absolutely insane. So what? This guy's life is now ruined because he did a burnout on an intersection of virtue signaling? That's that's all? And, and I saw something the other day. There's a group that's out there that's wanting to get the charges upped. They, they want him charged yeah. with a higher-degree felony. There's an activist group that are calling for that. Uh, hate crime and all that nonsense. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the thing about it is, um, first, whoever painted that on the on the intersection was it approved? Like you have to get approval for those kinds of things because any kind of markings or any of those things on streets are illegal. It's not supposed to adhe- or, um, impede driving or any of the other signs or markings or whatnot. Unless. Unless you're like, if you're one of these woke mayors like Bill de Blasio in New York City, who went in front of Trump Tower and painted the BLM mural down the street, he was out there doing it. The mayor was out there doing that. Totally illegal. Totally illegal. Yep. Yeah. Without permit, without going through the proper procedures, he just did it. Uh, Oh, and by the way, if you went out there and painted over that or removed that, you were the one that were charged with with the crime. Mm hmm. Um. So the fact that it's there in the first place, that would be my first question. Is it there legally? Second, um, we don't have hate crimes uh, towards LGBTQIA2+, whatever the frick they're calling themselves now. We, we, we don't have laws against that. We have laws against uh, racial discrimination. Well, they're trying to get this, like this activist group they're, they're going after, they're trying to get this up because they were claiming that that intersection is a monument. And because of the bill that Governor Ron DeSantis signed saying you're not going to destroy our monuments because of what was happening with BLM and Antifa last year, they said, well, that was a monument. So him defacing and and attempting to destroy that monument, that's why they they want a higher charge placed on him. Decadence. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Like you're you're really grasping at straws, even with the arrest of it, you're really grasping at straws. Okay, give him a fine for reckless driving. You know, give, give him a fine for reckless driving. Come on, that's as far as I'd go with that, it. That should be the end of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just reckless driving. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because clearly, I mean, that is reckless driving. He really could have endangered. Yeah, you know, he could really could have injured somebody if that's you know or worse. So yeah, all right, reckless driving. That's that's what I would have gone for. All right, do you remember I told you last week that there is a petition going around for Jeff Bezos to stay in orbit when he goes up. Yeah. 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 Well, last week there were 11,500 people that had signed it and it continued to circulate. Now there's over 60,000 people that have signed this thing uh, to stay in orbit. I guess it's because it's not getting enough traction. Uh, I would assume that that would be a lot higher by now. Tell me where it is. I'll sign it. You know, hell, I'll sign it 10 times. If I register as a Democrat, I can sign it 100 times. (laughs) It's true. Honestly, I don't know that um, it sounds like it's difficult to say who's the types that are signing it, I should say, uh, because you, you, you have the the left who typically hate corporations. 
and then you have the right who are typically for and hate government or at least that's what i thought they were i I don't know that that's the case anymore now it seems like everybody hates corporations and i agree generally speaking i I don't like corporations getting in bed with government that's where i i I don't like corporations but i I don't like i don't like governments being or excuse me i don't like corporations being governments well yeah that, that i mean that's the dystopian world that we're in currently, I guess. But uh, honestly, the thing is, is, even if they got 20 million petitions on this one, it nothing's going to happen. I mean, the dude's he, he's going to go to space and come back. I guess the first seat on whatever he's doing, the blue blue origin or blue blue orbit or whatever it is. Blue origin. Uh, yeah. Blue origin. Yeah. His first seat, the first seat was auctioned off and somebody snagged it for just a little under 28 million dollars. Yeah, they must really want to get off the planet. I'd uh, say so. Jeez. You know, Mars, well, to be honest with you, Mars isn't looking too bad compared to what we're dealing with here. I mean, if I go to Mars, does that mean that I don't have to deal with Klaus Schwab and company? I mean, do I not have to deal with them anymore? Because if that's the case, uh, sign me up. It uh, depends on how things go here. True. So more than 60,000 people have signed this petition to uh, stop Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth after his uh, space flight next month, days after the Amazon founder announced earlier this month that he and his brother Mark would fly on his space tourism company's first passenger flight. Do you have to be vaccinated to fly into space on uh, Amazon Airways? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. They announced, they announced uh, this morning. FIFA, you know, the uh, the world soccer regulator mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. person, they announced that if you're not fully vaccinated, then you will not be attending any World Cup events in 2022. Uh, speaking of World Cup, I'm pretty sure uh, Mexico was banned, the fans, mm-hmm. from going to the World Cup. The, the, I don't know if it's a final or whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not into sports uh, because they're homophobic. Oh, OK. So one of the petitions. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I'll I'll go. I'll go there and I'll sign it. One of the petitions titled Do Not Allow Jeff Bezos to Return to Earth has garnered more than 40,300 signatures. Billionaires should not exist on Earth or in space. But should they decide the latter, they should stay there. Uh, That was the creator of the Change.org petition. So, okay, more than 20,000 people have signed another titled Petition to Not Allow Jeff Bezos Reentry to Earth. is the second one citing the same stuff that um, it, uh, we shouldn't have billionaires? Yeah, more or less. M- more or less. You shouldn't uh, shouldn't allow him reentry. But like I said, yeah, you uh, you probably have to be double jabbed before you can uh, before you can go on any of his uh, his uh, his rockets up there. But anyway, I, I really don't care. Speaking of flying, American Airlines. Now we're we're being told that we have to we have to get uh, vaccinated before we can get on these uh, these airlines, right? Isn't that what we're being told? Uh, but then again, yeah. then again. Uh, we probably don't recommend you to fly because we don't know what being at that altitude and cabin pressurization are going to do. Uh, could possibly cause you to have a blood clot and it might kill you. Huh. So let me guess. It's like Russian roulette when you go on vacation now. It's pretty much what it is. Oh, don't travel. Well, yeah. Well, you're killing the planet if you do. Yeah. American Airlines has canceled more than 300 flights on Saturday and Sunday. Well, why is that? Why is that? Oddly enough, it's because they didn't have enough staff to operate the planes. I guess that's another way to shut down travel, isn't it? Oh, uh, well, we don't have the vaccine passport stuff in place. Uh, well, you have to, don't you love how they play these games? You have to be jabbed to get on the airplane. Uh, you got to wear a mask in between bites and drinks and, and all this. It actually says that you got to do that. You have to social distance at the airport, but then you're packed in like sardines on the plane. 
And then once you're there, well, then you have to go through all the, the quarantines and stuff on, on either end. You have to be tested and all of that. And then now you have to have the double jab, the vaccine passport and go through all of that. So that's just something else on it. Then there was the oil shortage. You remember that? They shut down Colonial. You mm-hmm. couldn't fly that time. No, no, sorry, you can't do that. The Brits flew down to Portugal. You know, they opened everything back up. They changed the rules once they got down there. Oh, no, we got to flood all back into the airport. We got to rebook and, and do all of that. And we have to fly back. Now they don't have enough staff to actually operate the airlines. They say that the reduction will minimize. Th- this is this is a statement they put out. The reduction will minimize surprises at the airport. Um, well, nothing's, nothing surprises me more than, sorry, your flight's canceled while I'm sitting there at the gate. Nothing surprises me more than that. So uh, I guess it'll minimize surprises by them just saying, well, we don't have enough people to fly the planes. We don't have enough people to operate the planes. So uh, just don't fly. I'm I'm curious because they're they're telling you you probably shouldn't go on vacation because uh, when you're vaccinated because of the risk of blood clots. Yeah. What about the pilots that are required to get vaccines? You know, four British Airways passengers got jabbed last week. All four of them are dead this week. Now, of course, British Airways has released a statement and said there's no link between those employees and those pilots getting jabbed and their deaths. There's no link. They've actually said that. What else would it be? The denial here in the faces of these corporations when British Airways is ESG compliant, I might add. The corporations here and the government, the corrupt government side of things and the tech companies. Do you honestly think like this is this is gaslighting on a whole new level. They're telling you to outright deny logic, reason, and common sense. Why do you think we call our slogan logic, reason, and common sense? Because we're trying to talk sense in this madness that these idiots are creating. And that's what they are. You get jabbed. You die within a week. Oh, no, there's no link to that. How do you know? Are you a doctor? Are you a coroner? You just come out and say it because they're being told. Maintain the agenda, no matter what. You maintain the agenda. You don't blame the vaccine. We've hit 6,000 deaths, vaccine deaths in America this year already. We're six months into the year. 6,000. We're losing 1,000 people a month to this crap. That we know of. That we know of. Do you know how many vaccine-related deaths we usually have in the United States on average in a year? I'll save you the time. It's about 200. If it's anything more than that, they shut down whatever program they're running. We're at 6,000. And people wonder why I'm not a cheerleader for Trump. An aunt claims that a healthy 13-year-old nephew died three days after a Pfizer COVID vaccine. Now, I put the photo of this up today. It was her previous tweet and then her tweet just the other day. Uh, I put this up in our Telegram channel today. And it's a woman by the name of Tammy Burgess. She is on Twitter, at T Burgess. You can go and look these tweets up. December 6th of 2020, 919 p.m. She tweeted this. Republicans are salting the earth for Biden's presidency. Casting doubt on a vaccine safety might result in millions of deaths. But if it gives Mitch McConnell a majority in 2022, then it's all worth it to them. Okay, that was before Biden was sworn in. What'd she tweet just the other day? Same woman, same Twitter account. And she even put up a picture of the vaccine card. A week ago today, my brother's 13-year-old son had his second COVID shot. Less than three days later, he died. The initial autopsy results, which were done Friday, were that his heart was enlarged and there was some fluid surrounding it. He had no known health problems and was on no medications. 
again, I'm asking the question, you get vaccinated, you're dead within a week. What else can it be? They're outright telling you to deny reality. So the woman, Tammy Burgess, again, on Twitter, you can go and look it up. She tweeted that this morning, actually, well, last night at, at midnight. Woman tagged the CDC and she asked them to investigate the death of her nephew. Do you think the CDC gives a damn? Again, I'll save you the time. No, they don't. They're statistic. There have been other cases of myocarditis in young men receiving their second Pfizer shot, she wrote, which, yeah, enlarged heart has been the, the thing going around uh, amongst teens. Have others died from it in the United States or is my nephew the first? I think parents should be warned of the risk. Well, lady, you were all for it back in December. What changed? Oh, it hit home, didn't it? This part right here, like the, the cognitive dissonance and the doubling down is... And the conviction here is just, it, it is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this. She went on to say that she still believes that the vaccine is saving millions of lives. But should any innocent child be a sacrificial lamb in this endeavor? There are moral, ethical, and health questions that, that need to be answered. If Jacob had not received the second shot, we believe he would still be alive today. Well, then why'd you do it to him? I'm curious, by the way, she says that uh, millions of lives would be saved. No, she says millions Can of lives point... will be saved. She doubled down on that. Uh, on that, uh, yeah, that, that's that confirmation what, there. Right. So I, I, I'm curious, where exactly does she point to the millions that died from COVID before the vaccine existed? Uh, she doesn't. Oh. Hmm. So again, they're not interested in, in any of these, uh, these statistics. The, the CDC, the NIH, the, any of these governments, they don't care. We sit here every day and we go over like a new bombshell report uh, a, a new a new research paper that's out because we look at these things as boring as they are. We look at these things. We look at all the graphs and the tables and everything in there. They don't care. Today's June 21st. This is supposed to be Freedom Day in the UK. Do you know what happened in London today? Swaths of people showed up in the pouring rain because it's England. That's just the way that it is. In the pouring rain in front of Westminster and in front of number 10 Downing Street, demanding that they reopen the country and the economy. They don't care. Those buildings were surrounded by barricades and a solid wall of police officers. They actually, to give the Brits credit, they actually got creative. They took a whole bunch of tennis balls and some Sharpies down there, and they wrote freedom on the tennis balls, and they threw them over the cops. It's better than eggs, right? It's wasteful. Yeah, yeah it would that's be a, food. It'd be a waste of a good aid. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's food. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So they use tennis balls. Honestly, but, honestly... Saying that they don't care implies that there is some level of of um, how do I how do I word this? Uh, it's 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 almost saying that there is no level of uh, maliceness. There's no level of like saying they don't care is almost like a um, well to me it it reads as if like they're just being greedy or they're just being you know something like that. Whereas I think it's far worse than that. I, I don't think it's about greed, I think is, I, I think that's just the surface. I just think that's the tip of the iceberg. I think there's, I, I think it's much darker. Uh, well, I'm not going to just, yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, these, these people, I mean, I, I talked about it over a year ago. I said, these people are anti-human. Literally, they're human themselves. Now think about that. They're human and they're anti-human. That's the level of, uh, is that, is that deep enough for you? Because that, that's where they're at. They're lizard people, confirmed. <laughs> I've heard that. You know, I, I've heard that. There is a parody floating around out there of uh, of Bill Gates as a half lizard sitting on a throne of vaccine needles. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it, mean... It is out there. Joking aside, um, uh, those that have been listening for a while know that I'm religious, and I think there's a, a darker thing afoot. Uh, I think there's... Um, 
if you don't believe in religion, I think, uh, or any of that stuff, Christianity or whatnot, we can agree that there's an evil that exists, a, a cancer, if you will, and they're infected with it and they're spreading it. That I believe that that part right there. I, I, I'll I mean, you got me on board with that one, 100 uh, percent, especially, you know, the video that we watched pre-recording. I can't play it here, but the, the video we watched pre-recording these people sitting around. There's somebody that is is talking to these these cult members. That's what this is. They're sitting there. They've all they're all sitting there cross leg and they've got their hands up in the air and they're all repeating. And I'm, I'm not talking about a couple of hundred loonies here. I'm talking thousands of people. They're sitting there with their masks on repeating what the person with the microphone is saying word for word. That's a cult. You know, I. I hear people talking all the time and I, you know, I, I know, I know where you stand on, on that stuff. I hear people talking all the time and I, I'm just as my mind is, I'm looking at all angles of things. If you're the, the sycophantic delusional elite, if you're them, you have to break Western civilization with religion. You have to separate it somehow. If you're going to absolutely destroy everything, if you're going to collapse civilization, which I think that's what their intentions are, if you're going to do that, then you have to decouple from Christianity. You have to do it somehow. And this is where I think, and, and I, I know that there's similarities and, and all that. We we can go round and round about that from now until the hell tomorrow at the time we start again. There's similarities to Book of Revelations, End Times, and, and all that. The last days, if you want to call it whatever. But in my interpretation, when you look at that, when you look at at the, the biblical side of things, the theological side of things, time is not linear. It's not from one point to another. That that's not how it's, that's not how I look at it. That's not how I see it. Time is circular. So I think that they're purposely, and this is just my opinion because I look at things from all sides, and you have to take this into consideration. I, I believe you got to look at everything that these people are doing. These are extremely intelligent, very sophisticated people when it comes to psychological effects on people. Case in point, look at what they've done to these these whacked out loonies. Look at it. Look at these people. I think that they're purposely trying to make it look like we're in the end times. So, so, and the, you got to have a reason for it. So you have the Christian community that you're so upset about, and rightfully so, and so am I, that sit there and do nothing. Oh, it's the end times. I'm not worried about it. Oh, it's it's Armageddon, and and I'm just waiting on the four horsemen of the apocalypse to show up, and 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 I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just not I'm not going to do anything because uh, we're, we're all going to be taken care of, and there's nothing we can do. But but that's not how it is. That, that's not how it is. God helps those who help themselves, right? You need to do some work on your side of things. It's not it's not just turn everything over to the Lord and let Him do it. But I personally think, and, and let's let's be honest here, the, the Vatican's compromised very much so. I personally think that they're engineering this on purpose to try and and get the the Christians to stand down. They need the good men and women to stand down and do nothing. That's my take. You've probably got something else on there. Maybe you agree with part of it. Maybe you don't agree with any of it. I don't know. But that's my take. I think that they're purposely engineering it to make it look like that. And I can't discount it considering who they are and what they've done and what they're continuing to do. I probably disagree with you on who they are mainly because of... But I agree that with um, you, they are evil and they are infected with yeah. that evil without question, because you right. can't tell me that this stuff is not 110% full-blown evil all the way. Yeah. And, and the re so we agree who, okay, we agree who they are, but I think it goes deeper than just, I don't think it's just bound to more uh, humans. And by that, I mean, 
The Bible talks about Satan knows that his time grows short. When when all these signs start happening, he knows the time is short. Mm -hmm. So he's going to start scrambling. Right. I, I think that's the overarching mind behind this, if you will, is is that. So, for example, I don't think any human being, one human being thought of or, or a group of humans thought, you know what? If you look at Christianity and you look at their teachings, I bet if we manipulated it just this way, we could get Christians to, uh, you know, not do anything. It's been some, the, the teaching of end times and all of that. And well, it's end times. We shouldn't do anything. That's happened within the last 50 years or so. I would contend that everything that we've seen happen over the last 50, 60, 70 years, you know, the, the shift that we've seen in culture, I would contend that it's not just human. I would say it's not human origin, if you will. I, I think it's a I think Satan knows that his time is short and he's um, put seeding the thoughts into people's minds for these things. OK, yeah, I, I, I can see your point there. I, I, I can see that when you put it like that. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't looking at it like that. Maybe I can see that. Yeah. You know, I also look at these these other um, these other when I say they, I mean, these like these elite folk, for example, uh, Boris Johnson's yeah. wife. She belongs to whatever it is that the, the witch's coven or, or whatever. And I mean, that's that's what I mean. If you look at her uh, college photos and stuff, she's sitting around with like pentagrams and and candlesticks all over the place. And it's like it's yeah, it's 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 pretty, uh, pretty horrific. But when you start getting into these people at these levels, for example, and I'm just using this as a, as a historical analysis, and anybody can go and look this up. I encourage you to do so. This is ex this is an extremely important part of history. If you're to go back and you're to look at Weimar Germany, and you're to look at what happened during that time, of course, you had the rise of Antifa and, and that uh, wing of things that we talked about yesterday with Jack Posobiec's new book. As a counter to that, you had a rival party, a rival Marxist party, I might add, that arose out of that with a militant wing called the Brown Shirts or the SA. But that's not what it was. Maybe this goes along with, with what you're saying. I'm just trying to make sense of it in my own you know, historical analysis here. But that's not what that movement was about. Yes, it was to, uh, to Hitler and, and his group of thugs and those lunatics and those psychopaths. Yes, that's what it was to them. But it was more than that behind the scenes, the people that funded it, the people that organized it, the people that promoted them behind the scenes. One very little known character was a man named Dietrich Eckhart. Not many people know who that is. If it wasn't for this man, or insane lunatic, I might add, if it wasn't for him, then you might not have had the rise of National Socialism. He was the brain behind Hitler in the early days. He's the one that taught him how to dress, how to behave, how to be socially acceptable, presentable, and all the rest of it. But, but, what was the basis of Eckhart himself? He was an occultist. The people that were in his circles behind the scenes. Now he was a he was an alcoholic bum. He was a loser. I mean, that's all he did. He hung out in uh, in beer halls and he drank himself to death pretty much. But he was he was an occultist. He belonged in those circles. He was with other occultists. The people that were in those circles in Germany at that time, the occultists that that uh, Dietrich Eckhart were involved with, they created the Nazi movement behind the scenes. It was rooted in satanic worship. It was rooted in the occult. Is that kind of what you're meaning is that there's something deeper, there's something more behind these political movements? Because not much has changed in 100 years. If that's if that's kind of may, maybe I'm misinterpreting, but that's that's how I try to uh, attribute what you said to what I know. Yeah. So 
when I say things like, um, I believe socialism, uh, Marxism, those things come, came from the pit of hell. I legitimately literally mean literally the idea of Marxism came from Satan or, or hell, if you will. So, and, and yeah, so in that sense, you know, when you, when you start getting into the world of a cult, there's a, there's an interesting thing. I, I know some people that used to be drug addicts, your hard drugs, meth, you know, things like that. Yeah. Some of the experience of the experiences they've talked about, science describes them as being hallucinations, but what they hallucinated, I, I have difficulty saying it was a hallucination. I'm not sure that they didn't peer in behind the veil, if you will, uh, of, of the spirit world. Um, uh, just some of the the experiences they talked about and everything it 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 is very dark some people say that when you go to places like uh costa rica for example and i wish gp was in here to talk about it uh, when you go to places like costa rica you can go back into these places uh there's there's a resort one in particular it's actually one of the best ones uh that i've heard there's a resort in costa rica it's called rhythmia and what it is it's People that have gone through these types of experiences that you're talking about to an extent, and I'm talking about like the drugs, they were really messed up. Uh, they were, you know, on the hard stuff and, and they lost all their family, all their money and, and you know, usual story. Mm-hmm. But they took this stuff called ayahuasca and it's a sap from a vine in the jungle down there. And it's supposed to give you it's supposed to be like the, you know, the whole DMT effect. It's supposed to give you the um, um, the hallucinogenic uh, things. And th- this is kind of like what's, and I hate to hate to c- kind of make the comparison to this, but this is kind of like what Charles Darwin experienced. Charles Darwin, he came up with the idea of evolution based on the fact that, well, he cut himself in a jungle somewhere and he was running a fever of like 105 and he was hallucinating. And he claims that he met these beings or whatever, and they explained to him that, you know, man evolves from an ape and all the rest of it. And voila, we have the theory of evolution. That's why we called it a theory of Darwinianism. Yeah, the theory. That's also based in Marxism, I might add, is uh, is that because there is no God, you're based out of a evolutionary process. So these types of things, the, these uh, these things you go through and you see these things, uh, they actually believe that. And I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is true. I don't know. I I don't know if I don't know if this is actually what happens or not. I've talked to people that have done this and they say it didn't do anything. And then I've talked to people that have done it. And, oh my God, the things you can see. I can't tell you what I saw. It's different for some, and it's and it's not. Do people really have these kind of visions? I don't know. I've never had one. Uh, I've been in some pretty bad situations in my life, and I felt like I wasn't going to make it a time or two, but it wasn't because of, you know, drugs or, or drinking or anything like that, but for other reasons. And, you know, I, I've never had that flash, the whole life flash before your eyes moment. Uh, I, I've never had uh, a vision of little gray space aliens or, or whatever that they claim that if you drink this stuff, and that's not me saying it, if you drink this ayahuasca stuff down in Costa Rica, that's apparently what, you know, apparently who you talk to. I don't know. Uh, they call them clockwork elves. If you don't believe me, Google it, you know, or whatever search engine you use, it's there. And I know people that have this on their bucket list. That's what they want to do. But as far as this, as, as far as this goes, I, I don't discount your point. I, I believe that there are people that have gone through this. Me personally, I've never experienced it. But 
I also look to kind of circle back to the occult. They also do the same thing. They also engage in rituals and claim that they're in contact with spirit well, guides. Yeah, evil spirits. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And they believe that yeah. they draw on their power from that. That's why when you look at yeah. these people, they look like their soul's been sucked out because it has. It has. They're interconnected with these these evil entities, and that's what they believe gives them power. And they have to be evil in order to draw from that power. It's really, I mean, when you start getting into like occultic stuff, it's really, yeah, it, it, it's really pretty disgusting. But yeah, that that's who these people are. Yeah. Um, God, I, I, I'm, I'm imagining people that don't believe in any of this kind of stuff think uh, we're, we're absolute nuts. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've well, read some books uh, yeah, on this of people that have come from the occult and it's... yeah. That's that's it. It's just I mean, I, I don't necessarily I mean, I, I don't buy into that whole people that worship Satan or th- these cult members that are out there uh, raising their hands and repeating whatever somebody says from a microphone. I, I don't buy any of that crap. This this yeah. whole stuff that's that's going on with this COVID. I don't buy any of this stuff. That's the same type of cult brainwashing. I don't buy any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't read about it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't learn about it because there are people out there that believe in this stuff. For example, yeah, history. I love dabbling in history. I'm not an expert or anything. I'm just a novice. It, 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 it fascinates me. And it's strange because when I was growing up in school, oh my God, I hated history class. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. But that's because it wasn't what I was choosing to learn. It was pushed on me. This is what we're going to teach you. Let me decide what I want to learn. Maybe that's what it was. Well, they, it, it could be that. It could also be the the fact. The one that got me was I'm always learning times, dates, peoples, you know, all these kind of things, and never learning the whys. Uh, I, I, if you know why they did something, the foundation, the, the moral decision that they made, then you can make your own foundation upon that, and mm-hmm. or or expand yours. And and that 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 always frustrated me in school. Yeah, but it's I, I guess to, to the larger point there is. Even though you don't necessarily agree with something, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn about it. Even if it's something you don't you don't agree with. I mean, for example, you should see the looks I get when people look at my book collection and they see a copy of Mein Kampf. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's not that I agree with it. That's an important piece of history. You must understand an individual like this in order for him to do what he did. You must understand it. Yeah. At the same time, I also have a copy of Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. I don't agree with either one of those. But it could happen once in history. Exactly. Exactly. If If it could happen once, it can do it again. Exactly. If my you just made my point. If you don't learn these things, agree with them or disagree with them. If you don't learn these things, then you are condemned to repeat them. You must learn the history. Good, bad. All of it. You've got to know the worst of everything that humanity has done so we do not go down that path again. And that includes the crazy ritual people that want to do the nonsense and create Marxism and Darwinianism. You got to learn that, too. <laughs> yeah, you do. Did, did you see the uh, the video that the dude that tackled the Extinction Rebellion person into the... Uh, <laughs> I did, into yeah. The, into the... <laughs> Throw him into the lake. Yeah. yeah. Or the ocean or whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was whoever the whoever the cameraman was, it was great when they snapped the still shot of it. It was like halfway right in between the dock and the water. It was like they were both yeah. in the air. <laughs> you knew they were going in. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, well would, you be- would you believe we're, we're out of time? Can you believe that? This time it actually felt like we covered a lot of ground this time. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> we kind of uh, when we veered off and it's probably my fault when we veered off and we started talking about like the evil 
occultists and and spirits and you know all that stuff that's some pretty deep stuff when you start getting into the landmine it is it is or a red herring whatever whatever you want to call it it's um mm -hmm. it, yeah when you start getting down into that stuff it's 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 pretty rough uh but yeah well i, I say it's a landmine because you'll trigger me and uh that's an area of quote-unquote expertise that i have so i actually i like it when you get pissed off it's funny you know, when, when you actually when you come unglued and you start uh, when you start in on it, I just I it gives me it gives me uh, gives me all kinds of time to actually click off and sit back and watch your performance for a while. It's kind of <laughs> nice. Fair. Anyway. All right. We are going to have to go. I am in the process this week of trying to set up our room 101. I need I need to make a couple of phone calls. But you are our judge for this time around. Uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be fantastic if we can get it all together. I'm hoping to have it for Friday. Uh, now, if it is on Friday, then that means that we will not have an exclusive this week because of conflicting schedules. If that is indeed the only day, which I think it might be, if that is indeed the only day we can do it, then we have to do it then. But here's the kicker. It will be out on Monday. We will do it on Friday. However, what we will do is if we do indeed record it on Friday, then we will put it out early for our Telegram subscribers. And they can listen to it a couple of days early, but it will be out on Monday for everyone else. The only benefit would be you get it two days early if you're subscribed to us on Telegram, which is the point I'm about to make. So get to Telegram, get signed up to us over there, get subscribed to us so you can get this type of content. You can get it early. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.